Hi guys and welcome to this week's Mental Health Monday podcast. I am so excited. I have some special guests this week. This is the whole reason why I wanted to do a podcast was so that I could have different people with different opinions and this week the topic I wanted to cover was men's mental health and obviously since I'm not a man I'm going to have to bring in some special guests to talk on this. So tonight I am going to be speaking with my fiance Clay and my good friend Carl. Okay so first of all we're gonna kind of interview Clay and kind of hear his story before I bring Carl on. And Clay's really nervous to come on the podcast, but I begged him to do it because ever since we met, we've always had really open discussions about mental health, and that's been something that has been kind of a grounding point for our relationship, and he has a really good story to tell if we can get him to tell it to us. What do you think, babe? (laughs) I don't know. This is harder than I thought it was going to be. And I'm only allowed to drop three F-bombs, apparently, so, um, yeah. So, when did you first kind of know that you wanted to get help for mental health? I was driving to work one day, and I kind of, fuck, I can't get my fucking words out of my mouth, but I got... Like, my face was feeling, like, hot, and I felt like I was going to, like, pass out, and I was just thinking, like, what's wrong with me, you know? So, I pulled over, and I took a drink of water, and I kind of just, like, got my composure, and uh, was like, that was really weird. But then, after that, I always just kind of felt, like, a little, I don't know, fatigued, but just kind of not right. Like, everything was kind of, like, a little fuzzy and just a little weird, so... Was there things that, like, happened that led up to that Nothing at all. No. It was Thanksgiving. Like, it was right before Thanksgiving in 2013. I I was convinced it was physical, but, like, the whole world felt like it was, like, two-dimensional. Like, everything just, like, there was no depth. Like, I don't know. I just felt like shit. And I was convinced, honestly, that I had, like like brain cancer or something as stupid as it sounds but I I went to my doctor and I'm not like the type like I hate going to the doctor I hate doing any of that stuff but a week went by of this and I was like man there's something seriously like wrong with me and I don't know like what's going on and I was just like convinced that like I was legit dying and so I went to the doctor made an appointment went to the doctor um I get there and I explain all this to him after he asks me all these questions he's like I think you have depression and I was like no like you're wrong like that's not right I like it's physical like I feel fine everything in my life is fine like so he sent me for blood work and he said he would just go through it and make sure everything was okay and a couple days later they don't call me back with my results I still feel terrible and I'm still stressed and like convinced that I'm dying so I call the hospital and they're like yeah no everything looks normal everything's good um yeah you're perfectly healthy and I was like that can't be right like there's something seriously wrong with me because like this I just don't feel feel right so I went back a week later and same thing he's like goes through these questions with me and he's like I think you kind of have like chronic depression 
and I was kind of getting like annoyed with them and I was like that's not right like it's physical like you need to do more physical tests you know I thought there was something like CT scan or whatever and he was not having it and I was getting annoyed and he's like I'm gonna write you a prescription for these antidepressants take them and then let me know how you feel but they take like up to six weeks to to work and I was like I'm not depressed I'm not going to take these like you're wrong like this isn't right so I left and then another week or two went by and it was getting worse almost like to the point where it was funny because I guess well this was however many years ago eight years ago or whatever and it wasn't really a talked about or a big thing I guess back then still so I just found myself like not leaving the house not wanting to go hang out with people not wanting to do anything because I felt like shit like in my head I guess so what I would do is I'd go to work every day and on the way home I'd grab a six pack I was drinking a little bit not like almost using it as like a crutch not like an alcoholic or anything so then whatever a little bit of time goes by I go back to the doctor and he gets mad at me and he's like take these antidepressants or don't come back like that's your options here so I was desperate, so I went to the pharmacy and I got this prescription for these antidepressants. I can't remember what they were exactly, but they were very like low grade. He'd said he'd start me on. So I started taking them and, you know, I was pretty doubtful because I wasn't convinced that that was the issue. And, um, but I was, I guess, when I was feeling that way, I was reaching out to some people and being like the doctor said this like he thinks I have like this chronic depression or whatever and a lot of people as soon as I said that it was weird like they it was like a very taboo subject they were like oh no you're fine like that kind of like clamming up about well it. yeah they just wanted to change the subject or like oh you're no you're fine like you're a guy just like rub some dirt on it you'll be okay and I was like, okay, so whatever. And then that kind of didn't really help the whole situation because I was like, yeah, I'm fine. That's not it. That can't be right. And the whole vibe of the conversation changed as soon as you mentioned to somebody that you were on antidepressants. And like, keep in mind, this was whatever, eight, nine years ago. Um, so I kind of felt like I was, like there was something wrong with me besides the fact, like I thought like, oh, like everyone's like looking at me like I'm like, kind of like a freak or something because I'm on antidepressants. But one night I was at home and I lived with my roommate and his girlfriend and I was on the phone and I was talking to somebody about being on this medication, these antidepressants and that person was like skeptical about it or whatever and I still wasn't feeling overly great about it. But after I hung up, there was like a knock at my bedroom door and the one of the people I lived with at the time, she comes in and she's like, sorry, I don't mean to eavesdrop, but did you say you were on antidepressants? I didn't say I was on antidepressants. I said the prescription. And when she heard the prescription, she had asked if I was on antidepressants. And I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, like I actually am. And I showed her. And they were like a pretty low grade and she's like, hang on a sec. And she reaches into her purse and she pulls out a pill bottle and they're the exact same ones except for her dosage was way higher. 
And she's like, I've been taking these for the last four years and I'm kind of like dependent on them and they make me like human and they kind of help me with my every day to day stuff. And that was like a pivotal moment for me because I was like, okay, maybe this is okay. Like maybe I'm, you know, not as fucked up as I thought I was. So then I keep taking them for another month or two until Christmas time. And I remember being at my family's and like everyone's drinking and having fun. And for some of you that have maybe been on this specific antidepressant, um, you'll know that if you have like a drink or two, you just black out. Like not that you're like acting like crazy, stupid drunk or anything, but you just don't remember shit from the night before. I quit drinking for a while and I remember it was Christmas time. I'm at my family's, everyone's having a good time. Everyone's drinking. I'm getting Snapchats from my friends. They're all drinking, having a good time. And I remember just being like, this sucks. Like, I'm not going to depend on this pill to like make me happy. Like, I'm just going to try to do it without it. So after I'd been off the antidepressants for a while and kind of was getting back to normal and doing like the mind over matter thing, which is like stupid, but it's all I had at the time. It was the only... I didn't have no resources. I didn't have no support system or circle. And like a lot of people I talked to about it kind of like looked down on me almost for being on antidepressants or like thinking that was fucked up or whatever. Everything's kind of getting back to normal. I'm feeling okay. I'm managing these anxiety attacks and depression or whatever you want to call it. So time goes on and I can't remember where I was. Or how it even came up. But I remember having a conversation with a friend. And I was just like. Yeah like I was on antidepressants like a while back. And this person was kind of like a little standoffish at first. And I'm like oh classic. Here's just another person that's like judging me. Because I was on antidepressants. But then they were like yeah me too. And I was like huh. Like I would have never ever guessed or expected. That person to be on antidepressants but they were like kind of like almost ashamed but once they had started talking about it then they were like you could see this like relief and they were like yeah like I'm on antidepressants now like currently and I was just like sweet like good for you man like you know it's not a thing to be ashamed of everybody needs help a little differently but like don't think that it's a bad thing to talk about and then that kind of made me feel good. I was like stoked because I was like that person obviously needed to get that off their chest and they clearly didn't really have a good support system either. So I was just like, fuck it. You know, I'm just going to start talking about this and just telling it openly. Right. And I was super shocked with a lot of like my friends who are guys who had been on antidepressants or were currently on antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds. And then even some other ones, even like really recently, I was talking to one of my friends. They actually went and got on, like went to their doctor and their doctor's like, yeah, like you need to try these antidepressants and or anti-anxiety meds. And he's on them and he's stoked and feels good. And so it's just, I guess, not a bad thing. But I mean, now this day and age, it's, it's getting a little better and a little more normal. It's not as taboo to talk about. Fuck it, like who cares what people think or if they want to judge you for it or whatever like that's obviously somebody you don't need in your immediate circle but you know you do talk about it you don't know who you're going to be helping or you know you have no idea the amount of people who've reached out to me and said 
wow, like because of you, I have been able to go have these conversations with my loved ones who I think might be struggling or me myself have been able to go talk to the doctor or whatever. So I think it's really important to just like have the conversation and initiate the conversation. Oh, for sure. For sure. Because like a lot of people, some people like their family, like their immediate family might be the people that are casting like the harshest judgment on them. And that feels like shit. Like that's, you know, so I feel like it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of, right? Like you can't help it. Like, look at me. Like I didn't, I didn't go through something traumatic. I didn't, maybe, maybe it was years of like suppressed shit that I didn't even realize. But at that moment in time, when it happened, when I had that first like anxiety attack, there was literally nothing mentally that I could think of that would have caused that to happen. Right. I guess it's just like, you know, say breaking your your arm for example like you don't plan on it you don't know that it's going to happen but it happens you can see it and you know some breaks are worse than others and some need surgery some need just a simple cast for a few weeks and I feel like that's where I was at like I just needed that cast for a couple weeks and you know I was able to heal myself up and learn from it and grow and and move on where some other people you know they're not going to be able to do that and that's okay too right to see a therapist or to be on anxiety medication or antidepressants for the foreseeable future as long as that's you know getting you where you need to go and making you feel like you need to feel right so i just had a few questions just off the top of my head that i was wondering so you said that you only went on antidepressants for a few months. What kind of tools have you kind of adapted in order to cope in the meantime, like since then up until present time? Since then till now, um, you know, I think a huge thing is just realizing when an anxiety attack is coming on and just taking that like mental minute just to sit down, take a few deep breaths, just calm yourself and you know, realize what's happening. Don't feed into it because, you know, it's like throwing fuel on fire and it can just get out of control. So, but ever since, like, obviously we've been dating, you know, sound like a cheese ball, but it's just good to have like a partner, somebody super close to you that you can vent and, and talk about whatever, whether it's even, you know, suicidal feelings or, or whatever. Like that's an extreme example, but just having somebody that you're that comfortable with talking about these subjects with is super crucial because you know it it helps a lot right yeah like even on um the video that i made with ashley and louise and we were kind of talking about like mom mental health they were kind of discussing about how like their partners have been crucial in helping them kind Mm -hmm. of navigate their mental illnesses and like being able to balance each other Mm -hmm. and like in the rare occasion i guess it's not rare nowadays but you and me are both (laughs) mentally ill And so we both kind of understand like when each other need a break and when we need to talk and like that kind of thing. So I feel like we can kind of balance each other out that way. Yeah, whether it be a loved one, a best friend, you know, that text line, like it it is good just to to get that shit off your chest. Like just get it out there. That's that's the biggest thing, I think. Like that's the first. That's step number one. Oh, it's huge. That's whether you do or don't want to see a therapist, but just 
get it out. Just get it out to somebody that'll hear you out and, you know, hopefully won't judge you a whole bunch for it. But I feel like most people are pretty understanding these days. Yeah, and obviously, if you ever need any resources, my DMs on Instagram are always open, especially, like, locally. I can even do some research other places. If you guys ever need resources, don't hesitate to reach out. Hi, guys. So now on the podcast, we are joined by my friend Carl. Um, Carl has volunteered to come talk about men's mental health with me, and I am excited to have him here. And so, Carl, if you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of your story and what mental health has meant for you as far as, like, culturally and obviously as a man. Awesome. First of all, thanks, Miranda, for inviting me tonight. Um, So my name is Carl. I am Miranda's colleague, so we go on the same program um, after degree nursing at the University of Lethbridge. I am 32. Grew up basically in the Philippines, um, which is a very conservative country. And um, I moved here in Canada, specifically Lethbridge, because my mom was here and the whole family moved over. Don't have a choice. I don't know why she chose Lethbridge, but whatever. And um, I've actually worked whatever corporate jobs here in town until I got so stressed out um, about working in the corporate world. So I decided to go back to school in 2017 and it was also stressful to get into the program. So a lot of um, struggles and challenges. And I think um, I may be um, able to share some stories and also some cultural perspectives about um, mental health in um, our country, my country, Philippines, and also how mental health is being perceived in um, the men population. So. I'm excited to talk about it tonight. Yay, thanks for being here, Carl. I really appreciate it. Um, First off, do you want to kind of give us a little bit of your background of your experience with mental health or mental illness? I think growing growing up in the Philippines, so um, I am gay. So growing up in the Philippines, it's really hard to actually kind of like Um, show your true personality, especially if you're trying to kind of portray a good image to um, people that you hang out. Um, And especially, I actually went into a Catholic university, so that was tough. So um, being um, a person with different um, sexual orientation is quite a taboo um, issue back home so they just don't talk about it so I kind of just like live with it and kind of explored but when I actually finished my degree so I finished nursing back in the Philippines in 2010 so I moved to a different city which is a bigger city and I was reviewing for my board exam for nursing to get my license and then kind of started working um for me to just earn money. And then um, I met quite a a few of um, people who are out and proud about who they are. So I think that opened up my mind and just kind of like explored um, who I am, but I was still kind of just like hiding in the closet. So um, just still trying to not show everyone that um, I'm gay, but although like they'll probably know that I'm gay. So um, it it was tough back home, but I think, Talking about like mental health and like depression or kind of like being sad or being low back in the Philippines, it's quite not normal because like when um, they say um, 
because mental health is really a hard topic to talk about in my culture. So um, in the in the Filipino community, um, which is very um, famous for being so resilient, um, if they get depressed, um, people think that you're just act acting up. So you're just like being dramatic, which kind of seems like it's a character flaw, right? So um, character flaw in a way that they think that you just don't want to do things. So um, depression is a mental illness and um, being sad is quite normal. And it's a serious matter that needs to be dealt with. So um, if you're acting up that you're depressed, you're sad, um, back home, your family would probably say um, that you're being lazy because like when you feel depressed and you feel sad, you don't really want to do anything, right? So you just stay in your home and your parents or your family would say like, you're just not helping with chores. So that's like kind of like a norm back home like when you try to be stressed or be depressed and they will say that you're just acting out so they think that it's a character flaw but actually the biggest um i think mental breakdown or depression that i would remember was i think it's about like 2017 when i was trying to start um the nursing i'll uh, trying to build my gpa it was really hard because like it's been 10 years since i decided to go back to school. So a lot of adjustment and also kind of like adjusting how from that period of your life that you've been earning so good and now being a student that you're just broke and trying to um, save up money as well, like earn money while you're still going to school and trying to make sure that you get good grades. I actually did anatomy twice because I didn't do good in the first one um, because that was just it was just terrible trying to adjust how a system in, um, in here and back home was quite different. And then there was kind of like emotional. Um, I think it was like a affection, um, depression. So um, I fell in love with somebody that ended up not loving me. I'm just going to na name names. But I think that moment there in my life, I kind of, um, it, it totally broke me um, as a person and I decided to um, seek um, professional advice um, and then at that moment it was just kind of like an eye-opening for me just to really understand that it's normal for you to feel that way and I think being a person of um, different sexual orient um, orientation or just being gay um, you do have that feeling all the time of fear of missing out you know like will I be single forever um you always have that questions in your mind trying to find that affection trying to find that good partnership but it's really hard to find it um and and in an honest way but yeah so that was a depression and going through with this education getting into the program it's not like major depression but it's just like that stress um, that high intensity working, um, trying to balance your career and also trying to make sure that you get good grades and catch up with families and stuff like that. Um, I also had like big family issue back in, I think in 2018, 2019. And then it was a big issue that I ended up like moving away from my family because I used to live with my family. And then I think that was also a blessing in disguise because in our culture, um, their kids still live with their parents. And I think if that family issue didn't happen, um, they won't kind of like open their minds that their kids are already adult and they need to live their lives. 
So um, I'm good with my parents now, although like um, I always go to their house and eat when I don't have food in my place. So it kind of just feels like I'm I still live there. But um, with COVID, I can't technically get to visit them that much. So I just want to make sure that they're safe and I'm safe as well. So um, that was one um, big um, mental breakdown as well. And then also just this fall, I had a um, issue that happened with my um, life that I ended up being stressed and kind of depressed, like focus so much with school. So I decided to actually leave Lethbridge uh, for three months, close to three months. And then I moved to Vancouver and kind of just like wanted to like start a new life for that short period of time and kind of like build new connections and find new perspective in life, which I did, um, thankfully. And then, yeah, that's basically some of the major breakdowns and um, mental moments in my life, I think. Breakdowns and breakthroughs, right, Carl? Yes, that's right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I was wondering, since you came to Canada, if you've experienced like stigma from like the men's side of mental health like is there I like think, a ca canadian stigma yeah i think um canadian and um the filipinos perception about men's mental health it's kind of almost the same so um in the philippines we per uh foresee men as being strong tough untouchable and then if you ended up being kind of just like sad or having some breakdowns there, they kind of like attack it against you that you're being weak and um, you're just not very strong of a person. So I think they're kind of almost the same. But um, growing up in, in the Philippines, I think mental health wasn't really taught to us in school. So that's also a big um, issue. Um, and then there's also that, part where we say that being a major catholic country they use religion um as as an explanation of things especially like mental health they say like you if you have mental depression or any kinds of mental illness that's a punishment by god to you wow. or they would also use religion as a means that okay you're just sad and you're having some issues mental problems right now just pray and it will be gone so those are like, yeah, this is God's plan. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So and I hold on to the religious aspect of things in like the way how the Filipino lives, but I'm not generalizing because there's also different kinds of religion and um, um, beliefs in the Philippines, but majority it is. Yeah. Being like a male and having a mental disorder in Canada, even like my issues, I guess, started kind of like eight, nine years ago. And I remember telling other guys about it and they're like just rub dirt on it it's okay like it'll go away uh -huh. like just don't do that you know like and I was like it's not an option it's not a choice right so yeah that's right that's funny that well that whole and also too like being a gay man um he like when I move here I still try to pretend that I'm not gay so um there's also that kind of like question right like if I show weakness they will tell me that I'm gay because I'm not being a strong person. So there's always that battles, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, if your sexuality has been a point of contention as far as, like, your mental illness. Because, like, you were kind of talking about how, like, you know, like, you have to be strong and whatever. Like, is an 
altered sexuality considered weakness in the Philippines? Definitely, yeah. Because um, they always, not always, but kind of like they look at gay people as like a lower class person. So it it was back then, but I'm not too sure right now. I think they're kind of more open about people being gay. Like I know a lot of people that are gay in the Philippines. Like even before when I was younger, it was really hard to see like gay person in mainstream media. But now like I see quite a few like artists and celebrities that are out and about like outspoken being who they are. Yeah, and that's got to be extremely helpful, especially yeah. for, like, young people growing True. up and stuff like that. So, is there something that you would say to people that are struggling with mental illness who have not gotten help or anything like that and don't really know where to, to start? Do you have any advice for them? I think the best advice is try to, although, like, there are some parts of your life that you kind of try to regroup and kind of reflect on what's going on. But having a good um, community, um, friends that are ready to support um, on what you're going through, and even like family, um, a good support from family would be good. But we can't also generalize people because some of them might not have good relationships with other people. So Mm -hmm. it would be awesome for them to just don't be scared to talk about it. Um, ask for help because it could um, either be solved or something can be um, given into like a solution on what they're going through right it might be just like a boost and then they're like okay I'm fine so yeah like reaching out kind of is like a way of a little bit opening up yourself to some solutions and some help. Yeah. Well, that's what I find. And I know. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Carl. But you carry so much, right? Like you're carrying it, you're carrying, carrying it. And you'd be surprised just that little bit, just like opening up to somebody and saying just like your feelings or what you're going through, just taking that little extra bit of load off how (laughs) much better you'll feel and how much easier it'll get, you know? Yeah. And that's the same feeling when I actually met up with, um, the professional. So like, I think like after that, I kind of just like, whoo, that feels great. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, it's, it's nice to really talk to somebody and sometimes do people experiencing mental health problems. They think that it was their fault, other person's fault, but it's nobody's fault. So just ask for help and talk. Right. Like it should be treated the same as yeah. a physical illness, you know? So hopefully that stigma, like we, we can kill that and like it'll be recognized as you know is equal to a a physical illness you know agree and also like physical activity too so find things that make you happy i think that kind of just like boosts your mental health um so i've loved running so um i think that kind of helped me a lot kind of like overwhelmed with what's going on with my life so I kind of just like hop on put my shoes on and just like go outside and run and I think that's a good exercise I do yoga off and on but um, having things that you love and things that makes you happy Mm -hmm. I love that like that running thing is crucial right because you're not really depending on anybody you get out get some fresh air move around feel better like that's that's a really good tool and I think that's a really good thing to bring up right for for some people that maybe, you know, don't have a good support system, right? I agree, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, thank you guys so much, both of you, for coming to talk to me about mental health today, especially men's mental health. I know I learned a lot about both of you, so I'm really happy that you joined me and you were brave enough to share your stories with everybody else. It's really appreciated. Yeah, you're welcome.